0: Welcome to Create Wealth Through Franchising. I'm your host, Kim Daly. Whether you're a CEO, a military vet, a real estate investor, or simply in career transition and ready to take ownership of your future, with each episode, you're gonna learn valuable insights and hear inspiring stories from within the franchise industry. On that note, my guest stories are their own. And as a franchise consultant, I do not make personal brand endorsements or earnings claims, but I do educate, motivate and inspire dreams. Now onto the show. Welcome back to Kim Daily TV. Our special guests for you today. Their names are Janice and Tim. They are with a company that every candidate I work with asks me for mosquito and tick spraying. (laughs) Woohoo! Janice and Tim, welcome to the studio of Kim Daily TV.
1: Thank you, Kim. Nice to be here.
0: I'm excited to have you here. For those who follow me regularly, you might have heard from their fearless leader, Michael Morehouse. He's been a guest here on Kim Daily TV. Janice and Tim are franchisees of a company called Mosquito Shield, because everybody asked me for mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Said no candidate ever. So on that note, let's dive in and have you tell the listeners of Kim Daily TV a little of your story. What were you doing? What was happening in your life? What point were you at when you started thinking maybe we want to own our own business and why did you ultimately pick mosquito shield
2: so Kim, it, it was uh, not that we were thinking about it for a long time, but we got to a certain point where my company was relocating and Janice was uh, working with a company that filed for bankruptcy. So we didn't want to relocate and we were looking at, you know, do we get other jobs, what do we do? And Janice asked me what I always call a very clarifying question, which was, hey, you've always talked about, you know, starting a business, do you want to do it or do you want to look back years from now and wish you had done it? Uh, oh, the
0: tough love question. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, and at the time we had, you know, our son was just entering, you know, high school and our daughter entering middle school and college looming. So it wasn't an easy decision. But once we made it, we just moved forward together and uh, started looking at what we were going to do.
1: And that was 10 years ago. So what we did is we went to a franchise expo down in Virginia and had no thoughts really of pest control business, but ran into Michael Morehouse there at the <laughs> (laughs) Wait a second. Hold on. Janice, you had no thoughts of pest
0: control because everybody I work with asked me for pest control.
1: (laughs) Go figure. Yes, that was not on our radar at all. So we're at the expo. We were looking at, you know, a variety of businesses and saw Michael Morehouse, walked up and asked him a few questions. And the more we wandered the expo after that, the more we were liking the idea. To sort of preface that is Tim hates mosquitoes, but mosquitoes love Tim. So the notion of us enjoying our backyard without mosquitoes was certainly appealing to him. That's really, really good. And you know what? Those of you who follow me
0: regularly have heard me say that when we consider investing in a franchise, it's not the what, but the who, right? The real advantage to partnering yourself with a franchisor is that you're going into business for yourself, but not by yourself. So we're always looking up at the people, the leadership. We look at their track record to say, okay, look what they've done to get to this moment. But what we're actually buying is the future. So we want to hear the vision of where they want this brand to grow. And we want to fall in love with that vision. And ultimately, when I'm working with a candidate and they're basically come to the conclusion that this is the brand, they're raising their hand to say, hey, I'm in love with your vision. I love you people. I want to be a part of what you're doing. I want to help you bring that vision to life by bringing it back to my hometown. And that's when people decide this is the company for me. So it sounds like you met Michael and it wasn't so much the pest control part, although that may serve a very practical purpose. But it was the people, it was him and his vision that he shared with you that started to inspire that story within.
2: Well, Kim, it's absolutely right. And so we absolutely had to uh, buy into the vision because they had just started franchising. So it started selling uh, the month before and so there (laughs) were no existing operational franchises out there for Mosquito Shield. So we definitely had to buy into the vision and to the people uh, behind it. And we also looked at it, we knew we didn't want to do certain things. We did. We didn't want to do food we didn't want to do certain types of franchises we didn't want a retail storefront things like that and we were looking at it as a hey it's a lot more risk but potentially a lot more reward where we could be involved from the ground floor as the franchise develops and grows and that's really what it's turned out to be we've been able to participate and influence all along the way
0: Hey, Daily Coach fans, if you're loving this episode, please do me a quick favor and leave me a five-star rating and a short review. Your feedback fuels my growth and rankings and shows others that this podcast is valuable. Now, back to the show. That's amazing. So, I mean, not everybody's cut out to be a pioneer in franchising because a lot of times people are like, well, why am I going to blaze the trail for them? Right? Like, isn't that what I'm buying, this proven track record? But I spend a lot of time setting up with candidates that those who pioneer a brand usually have the biggest exit strategy moment. Right. If you were building a brand to exit and you were part of lifting that brand to the moment where the world woke up and everybody wanted one, but there was no more territory available, that's when those pioneers who have the most established businesses and usually the best territories in a market. You know, the, the people who come into the market first carve up the map, the you know, the best. Right. And so then if you were looking for that exit strategy moment, you may have some big fat multiple to be able to offer because of supply and demand. And oftentimes, sometimes it's even your neighboring franchisees that came in after you who wanted the territory that you got that may be willing to pay you for what you've built. So, congratulations on having the vision without any validation, not everybody can do that. And now you said you've been in it for 10 years. And that's just amazing. Before we proceed from there, I want to go back because the story that you tell is also a very common story that I hear, right? Like corporate America has changed or is asking you to give up something that's important in your life, like where you live, right? Like, hey, if you're willing to relocate, you can keep your job. Well, you know, if you have kids in school, they don't really like to move when they're in school, right? And maybe Maybe you have family in the area, and that's a really tough spot to be in. And sometimes it's these moments that people come to where they realize how little control they have when they're employed by somebody else, right? So we think of the W2 world as secure. I'm gonna put it in air quotes until we don't, until we come to we're forced to a fork in the road like you were, and then all of a sudden you're like, wow, you know, like I've given you all of this, and now you're like, I only get to keep my job if I'm willing to move, you know? And then Janice, it was it your company that yeah. went bankrupt? Yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> right? Like God. so my they're control. making <laughs> yeah, they're making decisions that you have no control over that definitely impact your ability to to keep your job. So these are the stories that lead people down the path to thinking, how do I get control? Gosh, I'd love to own my own business, but man, starting a business is hard and and risky. And that's when, if they're lucky, they meet somebody who says, well, what about a franchise? And then hopefully they come to the path where they meet Kim Daly and I can help build a model and match opportunity to you. So I just wanted to bring that story full circle for the listeners out there, because this is a very, very common story in franchising. So not to say you're not special, Tim and Janice, because you are. (laughs) What's special about you going back to your story is 10 years. So... Let's talk about what you've learned, how you had to grow. Like, Tell us a little bit about this journey that you've been on and how thrilling, we'll call it that, and
1: satisfying it's been over the last decade of your lives. Right. So like Tim mentioned, you know, we knew coming in that there was no track record effect that the franchise consultant and attorney we were working with when we told them we were doing this made very, very clear to us. But, you know, we kept saying it's exciting. We're the third franchisee, you know, just think how we can impact the system. And we both have business backgrounds. And so, you know, we sort of felt that this was a good fit for us. So to that end, we've participated in most of the committees that Mosquito Shield has had over the past 10 years you know, in a variety of different ways in the system, I am an information hound. So I asked Michael Morehouse about a million questions when we, uh purchased our franchise, and he answered to the best of his ability. But at that point, like Tim said, there were no existing locations that were already up and running. So I kind of feel like it's the giving back now. You know, there's people who ask questions, and they apologize for asking a lot of questions to us. And I say, hey, you know what, we did the same thing. We just only had one person to ask. (laughs) So now you have a whole franchise worth of people to ask. So we find that really rewarding, Mm -hmm. you know, sharing our experience in the past and how it relates to what they're going through today. So let's clarify, when you say committees that you're
0: participating on, many listeners may not understand what that means. So why don't you clarify? Yes.
1: Yeah, so years ago, we had a custom software, so I was on the software committee where we sort of implemented changes to that software system based on our use of it in the field. More recently, I have been on the franchise advisory committee with Mosquito Shield. So that's where a small group, five members sort of help mentor and have meetings for smaller groups within the system. We've done a lot of more ad hoc type of assistance, testing products and testing new technology and things like that. And then more recently, I just started in January of this year as a success coach for Mosquito Shield. So I work with some of the newer franchisees, uh, in kind of passing along our expertise and hard-fought wisdom to uh, to them to try to help them with their businesses.
0: Oh my gosh. So for those listeners out there who still may not be catching on, um, Kim Daly's going to make it point blank clear. What Janice is saying is she gives feedback to her franchisor <laughs> based on experience out in the field that then the franchisor uses to keep improving, adapting, growing the franchise system, right? So pick your jaw up off the floor, <laughs> For those of you who think that franchisors don't care about your success, they don't want your feedback, it is so wrong. It just depends when you're trying to give the feedback, right? First day as a new franchisee, they don't really care about your feedback, <laughs> right? Five, three, four, five, ten 10 years in and you're successful, they want your feedback. (laughs) so Yeah. So that's really great. Like nobody I think that I've ever interviewed has mentioned being on a franchise advisory committee. So that's something new, I think, to my followers and some franchisors have. And again, it allows franchisees to come together to help to continue to adapt and grow the franchise system because a business is a living, breathing, dynamic environment, right? When you look at a franchise, the day that you sign your franchise agreement, I always tell people like, this is why like, we're not going to use the earnings claim in an FDD as the end-all be-all because that's a living, breathing environment. that Those numbers were taken at one moment in time, but six months from now, 12 months from now, three years from now, those numbers could look very different, right? And that's the future that you're buying into. So we use these tools that we're given when we're trying to make a decision just like that as a tool that helps you get your arms around what you're doing, but not as like solid truth. In business, what i found I have one truth and that's God, but in business, Truth changes with my own experience and wisdom, right? Like it's an ever-growing, changing environment. So franchisors have to be open to feedback if they wanna keep relevant to pandemics, recessions, competition, everything as the business grows and changes. So that was awesome. So you've been in it now for 10 years. And I'm guessing that when you started a business like this, you started, did you start with multiple territories and one truck or tell the followers a little bit about how you saw your future and then how that actually played out.
2: Yeah, so Kim uh, that's actually what we did we started out with multiple territories we essentially cover the sort of the bottom third of New Jersey so it's a very large area we started out with zero customers uh, one van in the driveway of our home and that's where we all started and and uh, going out and working home shows and street fairs and talking to folks all through the area and when we did that we uh, our very first year we made the decision that we weren't going to grow this business the way we wanted to and needed to with me out in the field working. So we immediately hired our first technician to actually perform the work while we focused on building the business. And so that was one thing that uh, that we sort of did as a very conscious decision in order to help us grow more rapidly.
0: Yeah, that's a good intentional business decision. And so you started back in the good old days with one van in the driveway. So where, what does this business look like today?
2: Yeah, so now we have you know, we have our own facility located about 20 minutes from our home, 3,400 square feet. We have 12 service vehicles there, about 15 employees, and uh, that's sort of what it looks like. And we're serving thousands of customers throughout the area. It's the good old so American
0: dream. That's so amazing <laughs> yeah. and inspiring. So let's talk about the seasonality of this business because when I present seasonal business, I do a little song and dance around the seasonality. So let's address it head on from people who are in a seasonal business, like what do you do in the off season? Do you enjoy having a business where you have some downtime?
1: Yeah, so the first few years, we did have some downtime. And then um, we got into doing some holiday lighting. So we do some exterior holiday lighting work. The idea was to try to keep some of our technicians busy in the off season. As it turns out, not all of our technicians necessarily want to do that. So we kind of at the moment have a core group of holiday lighting customers that we just service. So we put up their holiday lights starting right around Halloween and continue through middle of December and leave them up. And then we take them back down and store them. So, it's a full kind of turnkey package for these customers. That's
0: awesome. Did you come up with that on your own or was that suggested through the
1: franchise? Suggested through the franchise, yeah. Yeah, so you're double
0: dipping, making more money, deepening that relationship with those existing homeowners. Do you show up in your mosquito shield van to decorate their lights? I mean, to decorate their homes?
2: (laughs) No, it's actually... you know, we one of the things we found is as far as the seasonality, there are people that do enjoy doing seasonal work. So, it's a matter of finding them. Right. So, that's one of the challenges. I know people think about a seasonal business, oh, what do I do with the rest of the time? But there are a group of people that the key is to be able to treat them well and help them develop and make them want to come back the next year. So, we have a number of folks who have been coming back to us for, well, I don't know how many six years? years, six years or so. Technicians, we're know, talking, yep. Technicians service technicians. Um, and then Amazing. the people in the office we keep all year long, but there's there's things to do as far as renewing customers and marketing and things like that that do occupy people for the full year. So there's always something to do it. in a seasonal business.
0: Hey, Daily Coach fans, if you're ready to begin your own journey to find the perfect franchise, please email me right now at inquire at kimdaily.tv. My services are totally free for you. That's inquire at kimdaily.tv. Now back to the show. So it's not so seasonal after all is what I'm hearing. <laughs> You have a very big business with all these trucks and all these employees and thousands of customers. There's more going on than meets the eye. But for those people who do enjoy a little bit of downtime, I think you have less pressure in certain seasons that allows like families that say, you know, like maybe you have family in India or you have family in another, you know, in another state even. And you're just like, we just would like to travel without worry about our business. I think seasonal businesses kind of cater to that faster than other types of businesses because there is this downtime. So there's that. And I I always, like I say, I do this little song and dance around feeling people out around it. And like, what else could you do? So it's fun to see that even within the franchise, even though it's not marketed that way, that there are other revenue streams that you can add on to these existing customers that already know, like, and trust you. So that's really fun. So for those people that are listening, who are out there on the sidelines thinking, gosh, I'd love to, own a business mosquito spring doesn't sound too hard and it's sort of essential people need it right i i would say like before i even ask you the question i would say this like the mosquito spraying business is the most almost no-brainer the only other thing that i would say that i pay for that's even less no-brainer than mosquito spring and they kind of go together is the people that come and scoop the dog poop in my backyard mm-hmm. <laughs> right like since the year that i put in a pool right the landscaper i said hey we're gonna be swimming at night uh what do we do about the bugs and i got a referral and then you're out there and now the kids are throwing the basketball in the pool and it's going in the grass and they're like oh i stepped in the dog poop now you're like i gotta pick up the poop (laughs) so these are no-brainer services that are just highly reoccurring, right? I'm never going to stop paying for mosquitoes are never going to stop coming, sadly, and ticks, you know, here because I know you spray for those as well. And I know the Mosquito Shield difference is very good compared to some other competitors out there because I've tried it. (laughs) So I will say that as an endorsement, uh, personal endorsement from Kim Daly to Michael Morehouse and the whole team at Mosquito Shield. But the question I have for you is for that person who's on the sideline, who's like, yes, it's, it sounds good, but I'm super scared. I think most people are scared. I'm sure you were scared, right? Yeah. Everybody's scared, no matter how many businesses you started, if this is the first time in this business, you have some level of fear. And for most people, they invest in a franchise, it's their first foray into business ownership, so it's an even bigger leap of faith, right? But the the jump is not into the deep end of the pool it's dark and like cloudy water and you don't know what's underneath there. The jump off the diving board is into the safety net of the franchise. And that's what the one to two month investigation is all about, is learning about this safety net. How taut is it? Is it going to catch you? And are you going to bounce? And what about the other people who've already taken the leap? Are they happy? Are they swimming? Are they getting out and jumping off the diving board again? All of those questions. So the question I have for you with that big setup is, with all the lessons you've learned, and I'm sure it's many after a decade, what advice do you have for the people who are, are really nervous and wishing they could do it, but just aren't sure?
2: What? I think you just gather information. You know, gather information, look at as, as many different things as you can and decide you know, what businesses, you know, strike a chord with you. You know, what business model strikes a chord with you. And those are some of the things that we looked at when we were uh, when we were doing that. And that's as I said earlier, you know, we were that's how we eliminated certain businesses from what we were looking to do. And then you look at the track record. Now we didn't look so much at the track record, but we looked at there was a proven business behind it that existed for about 10 years before they started franchising. So, we looked at that and that sort of helped balance that, you know, the risk that was there as far as a brand new franchise. You know, once you get into it and you make that decision to go, then it's, you know, you you do have to work at it. But I think that's sort of what I'd, mm-hmm. I'd say, do your research and get the right company.
1: You know, and one of our mantras the whole time in the beginning, like we said, our kids were going into high school and middle school and suddenly we had a business that kept us very busy and We just were committed to doing whatever it takes. And I think uh, if you're going to become a business owner, that has to be your mindset. Do not do this halfheartedly, you know, just commit yourself to, hey, I'm going to make this work. And so I'm going to do whatever it takes. So that was ours. Like Tim said, we went to home shows on weekends. We had our kids at home shows with us on weekends. You know, it was a family family business because this ultimately was what was going to be putting food on the table as we went forward when Tim's corporate job wound down. So, you know, I think that's really important. Just do that gut check. If you're going to do this, do it and do it to the best of your ability
0: and imagine the legacy that you've built for your children whether you meant to or not right just by the role models in terms of you know daring to step out of the comfort zone of a paycheck and going on your own and then bringing them to home home shows and just showing them like what hard work and running a business really looks like and i'm sure that the conversation around the dinner table changes from uh, <laughs> when you're a w2 to when you're self-employed right and your weekends and what you do and what you call work changes so all of those things add to that kind of legacy piece that we leave to our children when we dare to like step and take the road less traveled, Ooh. if you will. That's amazing. I'm wondering, Janice, as I'm listening to you, if the advice you're sharing, is this the same type of advice when you're playing coach to those franchisees?
1: Absolutely. We know from the beginning, it's it's hard work. And, you know, we just know we were nose to the grindstone. And if one thing isn't working, shift gears and try something else. And the, one of the things about Mosquito Shield is that our territories are protected. So we don't encroach on each other's territories. You can't sell on someone else's territory. So really, it's not just us, but everybody in the franchise system is very cooperative and helpful with one another. You know, if you have a question that I don't know the answer to, there's someone in the franchise system who does. And we have communication networks, of course, so that you could ask questions of other people. And I find the franchisees are super helpful to one another, all looking to work towards, you know, everybody's benefit and satisfaction with their business.
0: Amazingly said, because when everybody works together, the brand equity grows and that makes everybody's business more valuable, right? So this isn't a cooperative environment Again, when you're investing in a franchise, it's about who, not what. And I think people who invest in Mosquito Shield know that better than anybody because nobody ever woke up and said, oh yeah, my future is in pest control. So I appreciate the, the beauty of this story. I love everything we've talked about today. I think you guys are great examples of people who dared to take a risk and invest in yourselves and who it's paid off for amazingly well. Thank you so much for being my special guest here today on Kim Daily TV. Thanks for Pleasure.
1: having us, Kim. Appreciated it.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. For those who are inspired by the Mosquito Shield story or just to begin your own journey to figure out if there's a franchise opportunity that's available and that you can afford and that matches your goals, interests, and skills, please follow the email on the screen right now or reach directly out to me at inquire at kimdaily.tv. That's inquire at kimdaily.tv. And until next time, my name is Kim Daly and I want to be your daily coach. You can find more content just like this on my YouTube channel at kimdaily.tv. And if you're inspired to take the next step to explore franchises matched to you, please email me right now at inquire at kimdaily.tv. That's inquire at kimdaily.tv.